Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, before we get into today's episode, I've just got a couple of announcements. Um, Bench Talk's now available on Spotify. If you're into uh, Spotify and you use that to listen to the podcasts, uh, get involved. Also, this will be the uh, last episode for the year. Uh, I'm going to take a couple of months off and uh, going off to do an art residency in Tasmania and, I don't know, going to be chilling out getting away for the uh, New Year's and um, easing into 2019 slowly. Um, but if you want to listen back to uh, any of the previous episodes, there's 116 other episodes out there. So uh, if you've listened to all of them, uh, good work. That's a uh, lot of hours you've dedicated to the podcast, and I really appreciate it. Uh, there's um, plenty of good episodes uh, back there. Um, yeah, work your way through it. Uh, today I'm catching up with uh, Los Angeles-based artist Lauren Young-Smith. Uh, Lauren's in Melbourne at the moment, uh, having an exhibition at Juddy Roller. Uh, we did the interview at Juddy Roller and, um, there were people using the studio space there. So, um, there is a bit of noise here and there, but, uh, it's a byproduct of, uh, recording an interview in a space where lots of people are working. Um, yeah, I had a really good time catching up with Lauren. Um, check out the interview. Uh, today I'm catching up with LA based artist, Lauren Young-Smith. What's up? <laughs> Yeah, thanks for taking the time to sit down and have a chat. Yeah, totally. Stoked to be here. Yeah, so um, what brings you to Australia? Uh, I, I come to Australia every year, for one. The past three years I've been here every March for um, different projects. Usually teach a workshop, but this year it was because in uh, I have a solo show at Jetty Roller. We're sitting in the gallery right now. Um, the title is Corpus Flux, and it was it's a series, a large body of work of drawings that I did. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They take you long? They t- I think it took me about two months to do the whole show. Yeah, because the art that I know you to do, it's um, not so much like black and white drawings. It's more, um, you know, lots of colours and shading and all that type of stuff. Is this a style that you've worked in a lot? Yeah, well, see, when I started making art, um, actually, my, the beginning of, of my work was uh, working in graphic novels so and comic art. So I learned how to draw using comic techniques and inking and pens. So um, black and white drawing is actually kind of the, like the soul of my work. It's where everything begins. And I only just started learning how to like properly color things in the past few years when I picked up spray paint, actually. So for this show, I wanted to go back to my roots um, with doing drawings, and especially because it has more like a, a bit more of an erotic um, subject matter. I wanted to do something that was just a lot like focus on the imagery and the idea rather than rendering it out because I think. Like, the work that I made for the show would be way too full-on if I had rendered it out and did all the shading and the color and everything. Um, and because I know my friends at Jetty to be uh, really open-minded for this kind, like for the kind of stuff that I wanted to do and, like, ready to roll with whatever punches I threw at them, um, I decided to go with that idea for this body of work. Because I start, I, did, I was part of a show at a Spoke Art last year that was called Not Safe for Work. And I did this big orgy drawing. Um, and it was really fun because I got to like basically just lean into my world and like basically render out all these different characters that I had imagined all hanging out together um, with this giant squid. And it was really fun and I had a really great response. Um, and so I kind of wanted to like follow up on that uh, initial drawing with this body of work. And um, 
people were really receptive and it was really fun and um, it was really good for me to go back to my drawing roots and not have to worry about looking up like reference imagery or like lighting or anything, just like the pure raw idea, put it together and then now I can move on from there and like, you know, go back into painting and color and stuff. But mm. this is what I wanted to do for the show. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have a drawing practice, like daily or anything like that? Yes. I draw every day. It's yeah. honestly, like, it, it's much more natural to me than painting is. I keep a sketchbook. I have kept a sketchbook um, loyally for probably 10, 15 years now. Um, I draw in the car, on the bus, and an Uber. <laughs> um, so the paintings that you see me putting out in my murals and stuff are quite, like, you know, many stages away from what the initial drawing might be. But I feel that the drawings are really where, like, the heart and soul of my work is. Mm. Yeah, I find the same. It's like I, I draw a lot, and then, um, but then when I approach them with paint, it's, you approach it quite differently, but the, the skeleton's there, if you know what I mean. Totally. So the in, initial markup is the drawing, and then exactly. it's like, let's see what the paint can do here. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. yeah, I first met you um, earlier in the year at, uh, in Benalla. Yeah. And um, that was for Wall to Wall Festival. And, like... Did Juddy Roller bring you out for that as well? Yes. Yeah, yeah, they brought me out for Wall to Wall, which was great because um, I'd never been to Benalla. I keep wanting to go to different parts of Australia, and I love coming out here. And um, it was a really, really fun festival with a bunch of really good people, and it was a great year or way to start the year with a big wall in in Benalla. Yeah, you got a nice big one too. (laughs) I did. I was really grateful for that. It was awesome. So if, um, is your relationship with Juddy Roller, is that what he's bringing you to, uh, to Australia? Um, in this year, in 2018, yes. Mm. Uh, prior to that, it was, I have a lot of friends out here. Um, and I came here with Nichos for his show in 2017, I believe. And yeah, I've just been um, doing, I was doing workshops in the past few years and then just getting to know the area and now working more with Juddy, so... Mm putting down roots <laughs> yeah so I'm um, looking through your artwork you've been on the bill for a lot of big international festivals like mural festivals as well like um how have you gone about getting on the bills for them oh I'm I'm not sure I think I wonder how anyone goes about those things you get um, the lucky email. yeah totally I think you know a lot of it is sort of uh making your way through those countries and meeting people and talking to artists and making it you know your work known better I think the first few years of being a muralist, I basically just traveled on my own dime and uh, hustled to paint walls for, you know, on my own dime. And like, as you all know, a a mural is also a billboard for your own work. So um, just trying to build up roots around the world and and like hopefully, you know, getting people accustomed to my work. And yeah, so I mean, I'd like to be doing a a much more um, and traveling more often, but um, I'm really happy with, I mean, the past few years have been amazing. Like, it's a dream come true, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's also, um, I find it's, like, if you think about what you want to be doing. Yeah. And then you, uh, you actually go out and just do it for yourself. Then over time, so people start inviting you to do it and paying you to do it. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Exactly. Yeah, I, I even <laughs> found that with, when I was, used to work in graphic design, you know, they always said, well, make sure your folio is filled with the work that you want to be doing. Because otherwise you won't get any of that work. Totally. If you put it, fill it full of other crap, I don't know, you'll get keep getting that crap. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's dangerous road to go down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
So do you think with uh, these festivals and, you know, the big walls you're getting through, it, it's really, like, helped form your work? Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's interesting because painting, painting murals has changed my work in a way, in a good way, and in a... Well, it's just been interesting, you know. Um, there's a definite shift that happens when you make a shift from being just, like, an artist with your sketchbook on the subway to being an international mural artist. And you have to think about the communities that you're painting in and the content of your work and what it's going to say for the community that, that owns the work after you leave rather than just, you know, you know, scribbling all the weird stuff you think of in your, in your sketchbook. So it did change my work, I think, over the past few years, but I've been very conscientious to keep a hold of certain um, veins of who I am throughout the work. And... Um, I've painted a crazy variety of stuff over the past several years. Um, I think is it. I'm also quite a sponge. Um, I tend to really get influenced by this, the stuff around me. So, I I think it's been a really wild uh, ride over the past few years of, of just like you know, like reacting to my commu the communities that I'm in and, and and sculpting my work and letting it morph and and like evolve. Um, along with me as a person. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the challenge you have as a mural artist also, an international artist. It's just, it's, you kind of have to, like, become a person of the world and, and then, like, let your work sort of react to that. Um, so it's been, it's been a journey of the self as well as with my work, is mm. what I would say. Yeah. And do you find that when you, you know, you show up somewhere and they're like, this is your wall and it's absolutely huge and you're a bit <laughs> like, shit, can I do this? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's a really good question. Um, I think that it definitely did in the beginning. Um, and I think that over, I basically, so when I started spray painting, it was so hard and so frustrating for me that I decided to only use spray paint for a full year so that I could get more comfortable with it. Cause I would, ha I would have panic attacks um, when, I, when I had a mural. Um, you can't do that when people are like expecting you to do stuff um, and like pump out something sick. So, oh, I mean, it worked. And then I think it, was, it took about three years for me to finally feel like something clicked and I was like, okay, this is my thing. I'm good at this now. And then I also just think that I forced myself to be kind of stupid. <laughs> like, um, I think I just, like I'm really bad with anything that involves numbers or dimensions. And I think that is also a defense mechanism that I developed in order to not have a panic attack when someone throws me a big wall. So I just, oh, everything looks, uh, that looks pretty small or like manageable, even though it's like massive. And then you get up to it and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> um, but now I'm to the point where I've like developed a, like a rhythm with everything where I prefer to have a much bigger wall because it, there's certain things that are actually much easier to do on a massive scale. And I also just fucking love painting big walls now. Mm -hmm. It's like, I guess that's what happens when you like dedicate your life to that kind of thing. Um, it's, it's, I really enjoy the challenge of doing a big wall and I also like I often say that painting large murals is the only time where I'm using all of my senses all at once um so for me it's like kind of like a drug it's like every time I finish a large wall I get really depressed because <laughs> it's like oh I was just doing this thing that is like actually my purpose and now I have to wait until I get to do it again um so yeah Big shift. <laughs> yeah. When you say using all your senses, in, in what way? Um, like, it's, 
you have to be completely on on point with everything that you're doing. Not only is it just being able to like navigate um, a spatial area, but it's like it's using like I plan my murals, but there's also a lot of like freestyling that happens in terms of like color choices and like effects and 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 that kind of thing. So it's a sort of like really fun experiment that happens in like fast forward because I'm also painting really fast and driving hopefully a cherry picker. And then also like navigating a work site, um, dealing with weather, dealing with like maybe language barriers or like the, you know, the certain constraints of the country that you're in or the space that you're in. And like maybe half of your paint order didn't come. Then you have to shift your color scheme. Maybe you have an idea that didn't occur to you before when you're looking at the wall. Like I just painted in Antelope Valley, um, this big like two-headed girl inside of a glass bottle. And then while I was there, I was like, oh, I can like, this This wall is huge. I can actually like render out the the like certain facets of this bottle. And then I can do, maybe I should just do a drop shadow because it's a mural and like, I think that I know how to do this and I have enough cans. And then suddenly the bottle has a drop shadow, which I didn't plan to do. Mm. Um, and it's all just like so much fun. And and I've, I freehand everything. So it's also like a really, really fun challenge to try to like, to map out everything in your brain without using um, the help of a projector or anything. So for me, it's just like this, um, This I feel like like I'm actually, I'm a useful human being <laughs> at that time. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm operating at capacity. And the rest of my life, I'm just kind of like doing stuff, <laughs> you know? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, totally. You're <laughs> you the, yeah, so you're, you're the first like um, mural artist I've spoken to that said that they just freehand up all their, uh, their yeah. artwork. Like everyone uses reference points or projector mm. or one, one way or another to make sure they've got a, you know, a sure way of getting their design up there. Mm -hmm. So like, does anything go wrong when you're freehanding? Yeah, I mean, oftentimes things go wrong, but the, you know, the, the beauty of it is, is being able to fix it um, and knowing that that's part of it. And I got that, like, it's sort of a graffiti mentality. Um, and it's not like, I don't freehand things just to have street cred. I do it because it's, it's really important to me to constantly um, keep up my skills of navigating spatial relationships um, without a projector because like, what if I'm in like Sri Lanka and there's no outlets or like, what if there's not enough time? And, and it's, also, it's also like quite empowering for me to feel like I can do this without, like just by myself. Um, it's, it's just for me. Um, and yeah, it, it feels really cool to finish a big wall and look at it and be like, I did that all just like, I'm just like a five foot tall girl. Like I can, I can do that. Um, so it's, it's powerful that way for me. And then if something goes wrong, like it's even a skill to just know that something's going wrong and be like, okay, how do I fix this using the tools that I have? Um, mm. And there's like tricks and stuff that I can use if it really feels like it's going wrong, but it's not, it's not, it's just, the more I do it, the easier it gets, and that's the whole point of it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm the same. Like I've never projected yeah. or or used any reference points. I quite often show up and I don't even have a design. But um, totally. <laughs> but I think there's more of the element that you're actually painting the wall, if you exactly. know what I mean. Then instead of going through a process to execute a design onto the wall. Totally. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but my past guests will probably be pissed off with that comment. But, uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but I, I do, I do feel it's like you can, um, like I look at the, you know, the spaces around the wall. If there's like windows or doors or anything like that, and it's like, all right, I'm going to fill this. Like I'm either going to utilize those those shapes, or I'm going to work within the 
you know, around those shapes. Yeah, you know. totally. I mean, that's the whole yeah. point of muralism, in my mm. opinion. Like, there's something that sort of gets lost when you're just sort of printing an image onto a wall. Like, it's so cool to roll up to it as an environment and be like, oh, I'm going to, like, how do I fit into this environment rather than how do I impose myself into it? So mm. that's really, especially the piece he did in Benalla was, like, really brilliant how you use that space oh thanks that was like so cool yeah, that was one of the ones I made up on the spot <laughs> yeah I mean I can tell but that's sick yeah, like yeah. that's so rad yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember saying to Sean can I paint around the corner here he's like yeah it's like alright it's gonna be a house soon yeah, yeah. yeah it's so rad that's the thing you can only do yeah. when you paint walls yeah. you know it's 3D space and that's mm. that's the mark of a true muralist I think mm. oh thanks yeah so just um switching topics a bit like you you're based in LA. Mm -hmm. Is that like hard to make a living as an artist in LA? Um, it's actually easier than anywhere else in California, is what I would say. Um, it's tough because it's there's such a high concentration of people doing fucking sick work out there. But that's also why I wanted to be there. Um, there's a whole community of muralists out there. There's stuff going on. There's massive, gorgeous museums full of great contemporary and old work. Um, it's hard to paint walls out there. Like it's, I don't know why. Um, and I've I've gotten I've had I have a few walls that are still rolling, like good ones. Um, but it's for some reason the big like super big public ones are kind of I think there's like legislation that makes it harder or something. Anyway, I'm I'm gonna try to crack that code. But um, no, it's it's been quite. Uh, it's been. Better than trying to live in San Francisco or Oakland, in my opinion, which is where I lived in the past, like before LA. Um, and the way I make money is not um, based on where I live. Like I'm only based in LA because I have a studio space there, but I travel probably half the year and um, pick up money wherever I can along the way. Like to me, it's less about where I live than where my stuff is and where I can like have a studio space. So. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where the best place is to make a living in the U.S. these days, but um, it's, I can imagine it's hard everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, like, I don't know, people consider L.A. to be one of the art hubs of the world. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, with you saying that there's lots of really great artists there, it just got me thinking that, you know, being around you know, like, I guess, tough competition, if you want to call it that, it mm. actually makes you lift your game as well. Totally. Whereas, you know, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room, so to speak. It's, yeah. um, you know, it's a great way for you to uh, sort of look at what else is going on and feed off that energy and go, shit, I've, if I want to play alongside these people, I've got to, I've got to bring totally. my A game. Yeah, anyway. absolutely. That's was sort of the thinking. Mm. And also I find that, you know, I'd much rather be in a, in a place where there's a, a community of people who are hardworking and who take the art world seriously, mm. um, it's competition, quote unquote, is really good. Um, and I, I never, I try not to look at anything in terms of competition because we're all, like, artists are so rare. Like, it's not like any of us are doing it for the money. Maybe some people, but like most of us are doing it because we fucking love it and trying mm. to figure it out. So it's more important to be in a network with people who are like-minded and like, I always try to throw other people opportunities when I can. It's more of a sort of, it's more of a team effort than, than competition to me. And like, I'm, I'm always happy to be around people who are crushing it. Because you're right, it's, it's, it's sick to see how people do it. And it's also not like, 
it's not like one lost opportunity. It's not like other people's success takes away from your own. Mm. I, I try really hard to make sure that I don't think that way because it's super toxic. So I'd much rather just be around people who are doing the same shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be the only muralist in town. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally agree. It's like I, I always believe it's better to, you know, like lift people up around you and all grow together. And you, know, you have some people that are, um, you're afraid of like sharing their tricks and tips because they're... Yeah. They, you know, I guess they live in fear that they're going to be yeah. outshined and miss out on the opportunities. Whereas I think if everyone sort of teaches each other and lifts each other, like everyone gets something out of it and the community grows and, totally. you know, the level of art grows and, uh, I don't know, the prices rise and everything. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. So um, you've got a background in uh, literature and writing. Like how did art enter your life? Um, also a good question. Um, I, that is something I'm still trying to figure out. Um, I'm a strong believer that your work always shows influences of your life and what's going on around you and your past, whether you, it's almost better not to try to force it sometimes because it comes through. But, um, with that one specifically, I, and I'm going to answer this later too, but I'd want to move towards, you know, having that play more of a role in my future, um, because I really miss it. But for example, like there's a piece in the show um, called what is it called? Anti-war tactics, and it's a it's a drawing of a girl on on the back of a tiger, unrelated. But she's <laughs> she's using like a stick to to masturbate basically. But she's reading Lysistrata, um, and Lysistrata is an ancient Greek play in which there the Peloponnesian War is going on, and all the women come together on the island and they decide to withhold sex from the men and tell them, you need to stop fighting um, and we won't have sex with you until you stop fighting. <laughs> um, which I, I love, Liz Estrada. Um, it came back to me somehow. I don't know why I was thinking about it, but it sort of came back to me while I was making this, this body of work. And I just thought it would be funny to have this image where this, a woman is sort of pleasing herself, but the, she's looking at, rather than looking at porn or something, she's like reading a book about, uh, you know, social justice (laughs) it's like social justice gets you off which is totally a thing I've been thinking about lately too so that's like an example of how my background in literature comes into what I'm doing now um also lately I've been listening to um an audiobook of Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces which is something I wrote into my thesis when I was in college and it's a it's a long amazing book of literature, I mean theory about life and literature that just basically like, um, uh, basically unpacks the monomyth, which is basically this idea that all myths and all stories have sort of the same pattern, which is just like... The hero's return? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone's heard about it or read it, but um, I wanted to return to that because it's just like, I mean, I don't know, at certain times of your life you want to make sense of things and... um, you want to revisit things that you understood back then and be like, oh, I grew up a lot. Now how do I reapply this to my life or what's the meaning of life or whatever? So a lot of literature has been getting pounded into my head lately. And then basically in the future, I want, I've want actually been thinking about reapplying to grad school to do like write books, write novels, write screenplays. Um, so long answer to your question. I love books. <laughs> I'm a nerd. Yeah. Ah, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Feeding your brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you also uh, write for Juxtapose as well, don't you? Yeah, I'm an online contributor. 
um, which I've been doing since I was in college, actually. Uh, I took a little uh, hiatus in the middle to, to when I was starting up my art career a bit more. But I, I like to do it because I'm in the world a little bit more than um, the guys at the office, like literally painting at festivals and stuff. And I like to use it to basically shed, um, shed light on people like younger artists or people who are like more up and coming or my friends who aren't maybe getting as much um, press. So um, that's been a nice opportunity for me to use my skills also and to sort of just like write quick, you know, it's fun to like use words that you don't normally use and figure out how to talk about art on a daily basis um, that isn't your own. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you um you did a residency in Vienna at uh, Nightshoss' studio. Like, um, did that have a big impact on how you approach your art? Like after spending time around him? Yeah. Um, of course it did. It would hmm. be really hard not to. I think he's he's such a a powerhouse person. It really affected me. Um, having having access to that kind of space so early in my career, and also just to be around someone who's really crushing it and to see like how he thinks and how he handles things. It was quite empowering for me. Because um, I still struggle with being like, I'm, I'm very self-critical as most artists are, but like, it, you know, it takes a lot of courage to want to paint murals, um, to say that I deserve to put my work on this wall. And I think having the endorsement of someone like him in the, in the beginning was really powerful for me. Like he was like a big brother figure to me and um, it gave me a real sense of like worth that I feel very grateful for um, and yeah I don't it was just really cool to be it blew my mind just to have the world opened up like that um, in that way and then I, I learned a lot just about how to how he approaches walls and projects and pretty much anything just being like let's do this like heavy metal <laughs> like it really affected the way I like approach things too um and one of the main things I think I learned from him is just like don't don't wig out about the little stuff because I'm a I'm a neurotic person and I like to be like oh I just did that wrong and, and like feel bad about it for days and days he's just like whatever maybe you screwed it up move on on to the next one like you're gonna paint a million murals in your lifetime like maybe that one was shitty just move on on to the next one he always says like you have to paint like 10 years of crap before you paint anything good so as soon as I heard that I was like all right cool. <laughs> it's kind of a relief because then you're just like all right sweet I'm just gonna keep painting my ass off until someday I get I'm good enough um and it and yeah all of that I feel was very powerful for me mm. um and it was just we just got to hang out too it's like he's just a really unique great dude <laughs> yeah yeah I watched him paint the mural here in Melbourne yeah and I was blown away at, um, oh yeah like how he just painted it all with fat caps and just blasted it out and it's like and then just a couple of dots a couple of lines here and then all the detailing's done if you know what I mean mm-hmm. then you stand back and it's it, it's it looks crazy. like someone spent eight, you know, days and days on it totally but, yeah yeah I was actually just looking at it the other day because you always learn so much um, yeah I think that his, his technique is really like an example of a true also a true muralist because it is it's perfectly evolved to work for a mural in that way. It's efficient 
and effective on a scale, on a grand scale. Um, and that that is comes from like many years of, of working of painting graffiti and understanding the medium and loving the medium. So yeah, you're totally it's I recommend anyone the only thing more fun than looking at a Nigel's mural is watching him paint a mural. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I recommend if you're around when he's painting ever to, to go see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how how did the um the invite come about to do that? Um it's not so it's not like a residency you can like apply to do. Um mm -hmm. I basically, I was living in San Francisco after I graduated college and I was interested in street art but had never been involved in it or anything. And my boss at Juxtapose was like, hey, this dude's down the street painting a mural, you should go check it out. And he was painting that big tiger that he did, I think in 2013, must have been 13, Jesus. Um, and I just came back, I was just like, my mind was blown. Like I came back every day and helped like unpack boxes and stuff like that. So I think um, he came back, to, I was working at Upper Playground too, like folding t-shirts. Um, and he came back to have a solo show and we just became friends and like hung out. And um, I think that he saw that I really wanted to get involved in paint, paint murals. And we, we just came really fast homies. Um, and I thought he was kidding. I was like, why would anyone like want me to come to their studio? You know, and, like I'm not, I'm not shit, I'm nobody. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really powerful mm. to be befriended like that early on. Yeah. Like I, um, like I agree with having someone like vouch for you in yeah. your career. It's like, oh, like if they've said I'm all right, then it, it does a lot for your confidence. Totally. Like, cause I've only been, um, you know, working, like I've, I quit my job only a couple of years ago to go full time as an artist. Sick. And at first I was a bit nervous about it, especially when there was so much like photo realism and everything going on. And I just not into that style of painting for myself and um yeah to have the first few people that came along and sort of patted me on the back and validated what I was doing it just it changed everything for me it sort of really spurred me on to yeah to go for it totally yeah yeah and, it's super and then important. and then from there like getting in big galleries and everything like that it's sort of validating what I was doing it's like hey I got this I can just be myself and yeah and do my thing totally you know? but, it, but it, it all did start from those few people validating what I did yeah you know. absolutely yeah. that's really awesome yeah yeah I mean since then I've really made like it's hard for me to believe that I've been doing this for five years now but since then I've tried to make an effort to make sure that I endorse up-and-coming artists as much as possible especially like young girls um befriend them let them crash with me because you know muralism is like you always you're always staying with someone else and you're always a guest um so it's a it's a culture of paying it forward so Mm. I highly encourage anyone in the scene and or in the world to remember that you need to lift up other people as often as possible. Totally, totally. Like, I, I open my doors of my studio to people all the time. Oh, that's so cool. Come and spend the day, come and work with me. You oh, know. that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. And people, there are, there's people out there I know who don't have studios, and it's like, come and work out of the studio. Like, I've got, got enough materials and everything. That's so cool. You know, and um, you usually do collaborations as well and just yeah. get a real kick out of it, you know. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, so much fun. Yeah. So you mix it up between um, studio work and mural work. Like, do you have a preference at all? This is, again, a really good question. Um, I will always say mural work because I'm just obsessed with it. Um, and it allows you to be in the world and, and be in nature and the sun and um, be a superhero. But... 
in the past few years, I've really also come to appreciate being in the studio. Um, and that's only because I didn't have a studio for like three years. I was just like homeless and on the road. Um, and when I said that my stuff was frenetic, I really mean that it was frenetic because I, I was painting, I was only painting walls and didn't have time to come back to a space where I could digest what I had learned from the wall and like work on my skills and concepts in privacy. Um, so, which I didn't care about at the time, but I think that sometimes your work can stagnate if you don't have time to yourself to like figure out what the fuck you're doing. So um, this year has been a lot less traveling for me, but it's, I had to kind of put my ego away for that and be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm happy being here alone, working on this stuff, getting really weird. I'd become like nocturnal, um, but my work got better, I could tell. And once I hit a wall, I was like, ooh, I've really leveled up just by being able to like congeal my ideas and, and like work on color schemes and learning how to paint. Um, so both, I think they both have this really like, interesting um, relationship with each other and I think it's super important for a proper artist to have a good balance of both. Um, yeah. yeah. And do you find that um, like this, like through working on such a large scale then scaling down, like do you feel it, it's, like, <laughs> it's like painting two That's totally so different hard. things? Or? Yeah, it's compl- yeah, it's so hard. Because the mediums as well, you can't paint small with spray paint and all that type of stuff. Totally, yeah, yeah exactly. I've, I've been invited to a couple 12 by 12 shows lately, and it's it's so, like, 12 inches. Mm. Um, it's so hard. I was like, ugh, this tiny brush, like, trying to make this, like, everything look good. It's so, it's so hard. Um, uh, but it's a good challenge. Um, and then it also makes you really think about aspect ratio and what looks good on a small scale versus a large scale and um, it's always a new challenge but I, st- I still prefer large scale like mm. I think I always will mm. it's harder to sell but <laughs> yeah but with murals as well you get paid up front oh yeah you know, murals you, 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 don't have it, you don't have it sitting in your studio <laughs> oh yeah you know waiting for an exhibition and then fingers crossed you know. totally I know I know I know I don't do exhibitions for I mean it's it's nice to make money and I mean I was surprised that we almost sold the show out not surprised but like like pleasantly surprised um but you know I, I strongly I also know that you this is a it shouldn't sorry um I don't think that artists should do things for money like money shouldn't be the prime thing that you're thinking about of course it's really important but like I I always just try to make what I want to make and hope that it sells later I know that's a luxury but um you know I I think it's important to just do what your heart wants to do and then try to figure out what's going to work as in terms of sales later on Hmm. yeah well that's my theory on it like Mm -hmm. I I always paint whatever I want to paint exactly and then usually people can see that you've painted you've put love into that painting and it's and they'll buy it you yeah. know whereas if you're just trying to churn something out like I've had paintings that have been requested to paint mm-hmm. and for some reason they just they're lacking something yeah they're just like oh rehashed an old idea because they've said they like it or I don't know it's not the composition's not right it's just something that doesn't work whereas when you just paint for the love of it it's you know Totally. You, you, people can see it. Yeah. And that's normally the painting that they're referring to. I want one like that. Yeah. You know, and you can never get it like that again. Totally. But it's also the same as like having a, a perfectly planned design to mm-hmm. paint a mural. You know, like I just found through years of doing graffiti as well. Like 
you know, have like some like painting with your hand, I mean, drawing with your hand and then painting with your full arm and your body are different things. Exactly. And the scales are different as well. And I don't know, like you find you might not be bending your knees enough and getting the flow to go low enough or something like that, you know. Totally. Yeah. Whereas when you're just working... Yeah, you know, like, on, um. on a piece of paper or something. <laughs> you totally. can get that line to work. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, paint, painting murals is a sport. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. Do you find that it um it uh you know takes it takes its toll on your body as well? Only in the past year. It's a scary question because there's you know there's a moment where you realize you probably can't do this forever. Although we're all gonna try. Um, yeah, I, my hand seize up sometimes, which freaks me out, um, which is why I think low-pressure spray paint is, is inhumane. <laughs> it's like every time I, you know, I had to do a few murals with only a certain brand recently, and it's just like it, it wreaks havoc on your hand. I'm like, I don't want to get arthritis. Um, that's why high pressure is the shit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. But also, I don't... Like, I enjoy it. I like being out in the sun. I like being able to, like, move around when I'm making something. Um, I like it when it rains, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, I don't, not, I mean, everyone needs massages every now and then, but I find that working in the studio is way worse on your body than painting murals. Mm. Yeah. Hunched over a painting or... Yeah. Yeah, I found, I, I did a bunch of exhibitions back to back, and my, um, my elbow seized up. And oh. then I got like a, I got like a problem with my back from no. like standing on, sort of, sort of slouching. Totally. You know, and standing at the painting and and holding a pot of paint in my hand, and that's why where my elbow seized up. Yeah. It wasn't my painting arm; it was the holding the pot. Oh my god, that's yeah. so evil. Like we, yeah, like weird stuff like that. I had to go and get get my body realigned. That's so evil. That's so evil. I know. And then, you know, climbing a giant scaffolding is yeah. like, la, 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 yeah. whatever. Yeah. But that was with, like, doing yoga every day and everything, yeah. you know, it's still, oh still stuffing up. But anyway. It sucks. Um, so do you find that you um, collaborate with other artists often? I try to. Um, I won't... I know sometimes people ask me to collaborate if I, and I just won't know their work or won't know them, and I say no because I don't... It's a, you know, it's, it's an intimate thing to share your work, on a, especially on a wall. So mm. um, there's got to be a good reason to, but I try to do it as much as I can because I think it's one of the gifts that we get as muralists to get to, like, put our lines next to someone else's. It's so cool. Mm. Um, and the experience is really fun also. But, um, yeah, like, I just painted a wall in Macau and showed up and... Um, I had I didn't have a design. <laughs> um, I didn't I had didn't even have a wall yet. And uh, one of my friends who is she's I think she's maybe 23 or something, and she's this Chinese artist. I met her earlier in the year when I did a tour through China, um, and she's amazing. She has great work, but she's you know, there we're lucky being in Australia and America. I think there's a little bit more coverage for people like us who, and you know, I'm more mobile because I have. A passport and um, my friends in China can't like they have to work really really hard to come to America it's really far it's really expensive and um, a lot of them come from really low-income backgrounds so it's like it's a big deal for them to be able to come out and paint a wall somewhere um, and they were asking about all these artists who are my friends to them they're like celebrities and I was like ah, oh, you have to come out here so I can find a wall for us and like get you involved because you know that's sort of what Nietzsche did for me 
But she was like, yeah, do you want to jam on this? And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Why didn't I think of this before? Um, so yeah, we ended up putting together a collaboration. I think it was the second one that she'd ever done. And it's really fun because you get to sweat together in a lift, share colors, come up with ideas, watch how someone else's, else works, eat lunch together. And then in the end, you have something that looks completely different than what you would have done by yourself. And that's really cool. Mm. Um, and then on top of that, you know, like we were talking about before, a bunch of people get to see that person's work who might not if they're not in China or not uh, intersecting with their audiences. Um, so, yeah, and I also, I mean, I'm also always thinking about pulling up um, other, like, women and women of color and, like, young artists and stuff, too. So for me, it was, like, a, just a really a sick project. Mm. And um, she, her name, uh, her Instagram, I should... <laughs> talk about her and not shout her out her she goes by satur s-a-t-r and her instagram is at s-a-t-r-x-x um check out her stuff she's awesome she's the one that did the um the black line yeah yeah that was awesome yeah she's so quick and like Mm. like zen (laughs) while she paints she's awesome yeah Yeah, so i try to collaborate all the time as Mm. much as possible it's also just so fun yeah get out of your own head (laughs) yeah yeah, totally it's a great way to learn off other people as well (laughs) yeah exactly you you always come away with a new trick yeah right yeah, but so do they. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you're not just stealing their ideas. You, 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 you're trading. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, Lauren, you ready for the rapid fire section of the uh, podcast? <laughs> I think so. Cool. <laughs> All right, uh, name one artist you think deserves more shine. My first thought was Graham Errington. He's, uh, I just love his work, and I think that he is going to be a big deal in the future. <laughs> yeah. Where's he from? Uh, he's in New York. Oh, yeah. I think his Instagram is Graham Yarrington. <laughs> Yarrington. All right. Yeah. I'll look, look him up. Yeah, he's awesome. And uh, what's one medium you'd love to work with? Uh, my first thought was oil. Um, go back to oils because I use them in college, but also airbrushes and then animation mm-hmm. is what I really want to do in the future. But it's so, it's so hard and so expensive. <laughs> Maybe you can do an, uh, an animated oil painting with some airbrush with airbrush. elements. <laughs> that sounds so easy. <laughs> I probably will, actually. <laughs> yeah. I got myself an airbrush a while ago. I just don't use it very often. Uh, I mean, I just feel like there's certain effects that I can do with the spray paint that I would want to reflect in my paintings, but mm. I, I mean, mm. airbrushes are kind of expensive. Yeah, it's the cleaning that puts me off. Yeah, it seems horrible. And I'm really, I'm not a neuron, like, I'm not a clean person, so... Mm. I feel like I would break it immediately. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what's one skill you wish you had? Uh, I wrote teleportation because obviously um, the, I, the more tra- I travel, the more I hate going through security. Mm. Um, so I feel like that would... And I, could also, I also just feel like I'm missing so many things wherever I am in the world. I guess that's what happens when you sort of become more like globalized. So I wish I could just be there more often and also just spend time with people I love, like my mom and my grandma without having to fly for 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, who's your favorite artist? Uh, my, some of my favorite artists right now are Suhiro Maro, Keiichi Tanami, like a lot of those dark dark Japanese artists. I think the influence is quite, quite obvious in some of my latest work. And I think that they're just really timeless and have a perfect combo of, of like f- fucked upness and also really elegant um, aesthetics that I've always loved and will always love. Hmm. Yeah. So do you like art that sort of shocks you a bit? I've just always liked dark stuff. I don't. Mm. That's just 
how I've always been. Um, and I think the more that you look at art, especially if you're an artist slash you're an art writer, the more bored of art you get. So work that makes you feel uncomfortable or makes you feel a certain kind of way is always going to be preferable to stuff that's like visually really beautiful, but kind of like you forget about. Um, I like anything that sticks in my head or makes, gives me nightmares or or something like that. I also really love um, Charlie Emmer. I think he's the king. <laughs> mm. It's interesting you say you like uh, like dark themes because you use such bright colours, but then it's like one, you, you know, the colours catch your eye, but then when you actually realise what you're looking at, the themes are dark. Exactly. Yeah. That's the whole idea. It's sort of, I've, I never realised that this is what was happening in the work that I love, but I think there's got to be, there's a really interesting um, cognitive dissonance between medi- like medium and content that, like work that I love almost always has that going on. It's like Cleon Peterson. The stuff is re- like the, it's murder and dark stuff and and like assault and all this stuff. But his his uh, aesthetics are so slick that it sort of it creates this dissonance where you feel you know you're you're ingesting information in a way that's completely different than than what it looks like in the news or whatever. And that's the whole point of everything. Mm. So for me, if if if, if I'm like making art about sex or murder or fear or stress or oppression or whatever um and i'm doing it with like gory colors or it's it's the same as making like porn or or the news everyone sees that anyway but if i can make it like candy colored and happy then people are like oh cool i'm gonna go look at that and they're like whoa maybe they'll realize what's even happening there like a few days later um so that for me is fun and also i just i like using bright colors (laughs) yeah yeah. So um, what advice would you give your younger self? Ooh, a lot of advice that I probably would not take because people gave me this advice and I just didn't do it. Um, but I wrote, chill the fuck out. <laughs> I think I was really a stressy person in the beginning because you, you sort of feel like... Like when people started giving me like live painting things, I just took all of them all at once because I was afraid that I would never get to do it again. Um, so I just say chill the fuck out you're on the right path you're fine you're gonna be okay and also just trust yourself um, trust yourself I think I spent a long time looking towards other artists and, and higher ups for uh, signs that I was doing something right or going in the right direction and the truth is that you just you're never gonna know that's that is the, the direction of being an artist um, and the truer you are to yourself and your impulses the better your work is going to be, which is terrifying for anyone, um, especially like young people coming into this world. But that's the whole point of art. Hmm. Like they don't want everyone. Like they don't want cookie cutter people who are just following the same path because it's impossible to do that. Hmm. Um, the more you trust yourself in what you're doing, and you're, and it's important to get like advice and stuff. But if you really trust yourself, I think that you can tell. Hmm. Um, and it would have saved me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> and like mental distress. <laughs> yeah. It's still hard, but yeah. <laughs> but it's also, um, you know, everyone's an individual, and I think you have to play that individual card. Yeah. As an artist. Totally. Yeah. You, know. you have to. Yeah, yeah. Anyone in any industry, well, art, artistic industries, yeah, totally. And also, it's, you know, it's tough to. It's weird because we get shystered into thinking about it as a card, quote unquote, because it's like. Like, oh, I need to push, like, who I am and, like, my, the things that make me different than everyone else. But when you really think about it, like, you are an individual. Like, you should, it shouldn't have to be a marketing ploy. Mm. Like, you actually just are your own person. Mm. So I try to 
remember that when I'm when I'm worrying about being too much of a capitalist or too brandable or any of that. Like I actually am just a unique person, mm. um, and to not forget that. Yeah. I did a, um, an art class with primary school children a few weeks ago. <laughs> and this is all I focused on, was just be yourself. Yeah. Don't worry about what the person next to you is doing. Totally. I wasn't teaching them how to draw or paint or anything like that. I was just yeah. teaching them about being an individual. That's and awesome. And let that shine through. And they, they loved it. That's so great. Yeah, I said, you can't go wrong. As long as you're being yourself, you can't go wrong. It's, it's not maths. It's not science. It's not totally. any of that stuff where the formula is right. It's... It's just yeah. about being an individual. I said the only way you can go wrong is by copying what your neighbour's doing. That's so true. And people will see it because you'll never be your neighbour. You'll just be a copy of them. So true. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you. True. Um, something I struggle with is, um, like I said earlier, my work has changed a lot in certain ways over the past five years of being in this industry. Um, and I'm, I'm aware of that, and I think it's... A lot of it is because I have been really wary of committing to one thing because I, I'm, I know that I'm, uh, t- I have such a like a brief attention span that I'll want to change in the future, um, and for me that was like resisting being too like stuck doing a thing, um, and when people say to be who you are, what if you're like, I'm 27, so I'm pretty sure that I have no clue who the fuck I am. I, I know that I am who I am, but, like, I still think that I'm changing constantly over time. So how do you, how do you express who you are objectively and be, like, really confident about it as an artist when you're still not sure who you are as a person? Ah. As if that's an easy answer to question, or question well, to answer. I just think you just do the work yeah. and keep evolving. And yeah. over time, you'll evolve. Like, I look back at old, old artworks I've done, you know, 10, 15 years ago and just be like, what was I thinking? Right. You know, <laughs> but, but that's who I was back then. Yeah. And that's what I thought was good and that's what was happening in my life at the time and, that's, and that was based off whoever was influencing me at the time and all that. And you, you're never the same. You, I've, you know, I've heard people speak about this, that you, you have lots of different lives in the same lifetime. Mm-hmm. Like, who you were as, as a baby isn't who you were... Uh, when you were five years old, mm-hmm. and then that person, then you become a different person as a teenager and a different person as a young adult, and you keep, you know, you live multiple lives. You turn into different people throughout your life, totally. and I think it's the same with your art. You've just got to, um, you know, honour where you're at, and you just keep doing the work, and you'll just keep growing and developing as an artist. That's a perfect answer. Oh, thanks. You got me sweating. Listen over that to one that. First. No. <laughs> I honestly, like, I'd, yeah. I was just been thinking, I think about this almost every day, um, mm. but I haven't actually vocalized that question to anyone. Mm. Um, and it occurred to me that you've been doing this forever, so I didn't know if you had yeah. a good answer for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I, you know, my creative journey, I guess, mm-hmm. where I've actually said, I, this is what I do. I do art. Well, it was graffiti at the time, but it was right. like, I'm a, I'm a writer. This is what I do. And I was like, what, 17, 16, 17 at the time. Uh-huh. And I'm 41 now. Yeah. So I haven't stopped painting that whole time. That's so sick. Yeah. yeah. And it's like every single day, like, just lived and breathed it, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as I said, I look back at all those other things I did and, like, there's heaps of crap in there. Of course. Yeah. But it's all <laughs> development. But I remember that, that stuff I look at now as being crap. I remember doing it and mm. going... That is the bomb. Fuck yeah. I finally made it. I finally cracked the code. You know what I mean? 
and know, yeah. knowing full well that you're probably going to feel differently tomorrow. Yeah, because like you know, for, for me, one of my favorite artists is Matisse, mm-hmm. and like my, my favorite style or era of his was his cutouts. Now that was like it's right so at the end of his life. Really, and he went through all these different artistic styles throughout his life. But then he got to his cutouts after he was in he was bedridden with cancer, oh. and he got and he couldn't paint. And then he started, um, and then he got, he started getting on the mend, and he, uh, his assistant was painting sheets of paper for him wow. with gouache, and then he was cutting them out and making paintings out of these cutouts, and then he was like, "That's it! I finally found the style I've been looking for my whole life." My God! And he's an old man at this stage, and he only had ten years left of his life, and he was so prolific with that style. Oh. And um, yeah, I went to the uh, his exhibition at the Tate Modern in London, uh-huh. and. Um, and it was all his cutouts, and it was a, it's still to this day the best exhibition I've ever seen in my life. Really? And he's got a he did a chapel in uh, in Vence in France, uh-huh. in that same era in that same style, and it's this like, you know, it's a European chapel, yeah. but it's so different and it's so him and it, it's it's fresh like, and that was that was a guy who painted his whole life and he reached the highest of heights like, you know, Picasso was upset with him feeling he was living in his shadows and all that type of stuff and he hadn't even found this style yet. Wow. You know. Oh my so, god. I so I just that. I just think about all that and Jeez. um, yeah, and just know that you know, hopefully I live a long life and I can keep expressing new styles and I know that what I'm doing right now I might look back at in 20 years and go what was I thinking? Exactly. You know. Yeah. Um. And I probably will. Like, I don't mind. Yeah, like, as long as totally. I'm growing and evolving, you know. Absolutely. Who wants to be painting the same thing for the rest of their life anyway? Exactly. You know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's totally how I feel about it, too. I'm like, I have no clue what my stuff is going to look like when I'm, mm. when I'm 40. Like, mm. And I've, I've learned to embrace that and not be afraid of it. Mm. Um, yeah. That's sick. Yeah. That's a great story. Ah, cool. <laughs> so, next question. <laughs> So, um, like, do you have, like, a dream project you'd love to work on? Oh, yeah. So my, my dream project has always been to... And it's, it's always been to do a stop-motion animated film. Mm-hmm. But since I've become a muralist, the, well, since I've been making art professionally, it's evolved to being I want to write, like, a children's book and then have that con- convert it to a screenplay and then somehow get it picked up to make a stop-motion animated film. That, because I realized how it's... A, it's impossible to do it by myself. <laughs> um, and what I can do is write an illustrated children's book and a story on my own. And then I want to find a way to get funding to do it in like a team. Because mm. I, I realize that it's, it's fucking impossible to do by yourself. Mm. Um, but that's always been the ultimate. I love stop motion films. Do you mean with clay? Yes. Yeah. Or like a combo, like maybe even paper cutouts. I made, I dabbled with a bunch of different mediums in college, mm. but like, like, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, Kubo and the Two Strings, like, those are my ultimate, mm. like, and, well, Miyazaki films, of course. I don't know if I would want to do Claymation or 2D, but I think, like, Claymation is so beautiful and unique, and it's, ne- it has, it, like, no one does it because it's so expensive and hard. Um, I often wake up and tell myself, shit, I should start figuring out how to do this because it's going to take the rest of my life to figure out how to fucking do this but I'll be happy if I do (laughs) well you you can just start playing around with it like I've done lots of like stop motion paintings really and stuff what does that mean like have a look at you know blue yeah of course just look at what he does and just sort of do your own style of that like he was the first person I saw do it and I think a lot of 
people would agree with he was the first person to do it on walls and that totally but um but yeah just i don't know just paint a bit at a time rub yeah. other bits out yeah and it takes time yeah but if you start small like if you start with like a 20 second one mm-hmm. and then you can grow from there totally you know? Anyway, so thought it's like what we were talking about at the start of the podcast. It's like do the work that you want to be doing in the future. Yes. And then totally. it's not like that because then you know opportunity might come and mm-hmm. they might go, no, she can't do, she doesn't do stop motion. Right. But it's like, hang on, she's done stop motion. Why don't we ask her? That's the kick in the fence. I always put it off because yeah. it's like once you identify what you actually want to do with your life, it's so scary. Mm. And you're like, no, 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 I'll just put that in the back of my head until I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Never going to be ready. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Need that. So, um, where are you wanting to take your art career? Um, films, first off. But I also, I mean, I, I want to keep leveling up my, my fine art career as much as possible. I want to I be doing big installation, like installed out gallery shows that have, like, I have ideas for, like, sets that I want to build and, like, sculptures and 3D work and... I've always just wanted to do world building, basically. Um, whether it has, where, whether it's like in the form of a narrative, like a a movie, or like creating a space that people can enter into and like experience. Um, and I think my work thus far has been sort of tapping at like creating characters that live in a world that I want to build, like you know, like Tim Burton style. Um, but that's the ultimate hmm. way I want to go. And it's tough because sometimes you get waylaid, like you get pulled aside by being like, oh, I want to show at this gallery or like, I want to paint that wall or paint in that country when really it's important to focus on like what you want to do and less about like the accolades and the success markers and more just about what you want to do. Mm. Um, so on that, you know, of course on that side and then, yeah, I want to write books. <laughs> yeah. I started doing graphic novels, but I just got tired of, of drawing the same thing over and over and I just not that good at it. So that's why the, Street art things whip me up, but hmm. just a lot of a lot of stuff I want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And have you got any um, future plans or projects in the pipeline? Right now, I'm just deep in studio stuff. Like I, I'm not actually supposed to be in Australia still. I was supposed to go back to LA, start on my next show. Um, but my fr- my best friend is getting um, surgery soon, um, so I extended my trip to stay with her. Um, so I'm literally just painting in the back of Jetty for my next show. That's in January at Corey Helford Gallery in Los Angeles. And then I think I'm doing Pabao Hawaii again. My grandma lives out there, so I get to visit her. And then I have a show in New York in March with Spoke Art Gallery. And that's about as far as I have things planned out right now. But I think after March, it'll be, that'll be like more than seven or eight months that I've spent in the studio. So I imagine I'm just going to, like, leave the country and just want to paint walls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sick of this chair. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully the emails will be flooding in and, you know. As, Let's hope so. <laughs> as you know, as life as an artist, you never know what's around the corner. You never know. And that's my favorite thing and the most terrifying thing about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you got to um, trust. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. So um, where's the best place for people to find your artwork online? Yeah, I have a website. It's laurenys.com. And I have an Instagram, which is squidlicker, squid.licker. <laughs> and, yeah, that's pretty all the info. If you want to, like, email me or get in touch with me is through those channels. Um, I still have a DeviantArt somewhere, but I will not tell you how to find that. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Cool. All right, Lauren, well, thanks for taking the time to sit down and have a chat. Totally. Thank you so much. No worries. It was awesome. <laughs> thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Bench Talk. To view images of the guest's artwork, follow us on Instagram at bench underscore talk or go to the website benchtalkpodcast.com. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes, subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or Stitcher. If you like the podcast, don't forget to tell a friend. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode.